go to the word of the Lord tonight. I don't intend to be a long time. Somebody say amen for that. And uh, we'll just see what God does and we'll go from there. You never know. You preach with me and maybe it will go quick. If you turn me to the word of God, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 30. Exodus 30, and I'll give you plenty of time to get there. Amen. Exodus chapter 30 and verse 22. We'll start there tonight on this Bible study tonight. It says, Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon half so much, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive, and hen, and thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary, it shall be an holy anointing oil. God, we thank you for your word. We know that your word is anointed. I pray that you would anoint your messenger now, God, put good health in our body and strengthen our body to deliver your word, God, as you'd have us to deliver it. I pray in the name of Jesus. And Lord, hide me under the shadow of your cross. Be quick to give you glory and honor and praise for all that you do in this place and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. Tonight I'm going to speak for a little bit on this topic. Ingredients for the anointing. Ingredients for the anointing. We read where directions were given for making the holy anointing oil and the incense was to be used in the service of the tabernacle in the Old Testament. We see what that was to be made of. And I want to take a look at the ingredients and see how those ingredients might apply in our lives tonight during this Bible study. The first ingredient in the anointing oil is myrrh. And you might be asking, what does that mean? What's that have to do with me? That don't sound too spiritual. Well, I'm glad you asked. Here we go. When you begin to research myrrh, you find out that myrrh can only be found in desert trees. It's found in the Arabian Peninsula in Israel and other places like that. It's found in the desert or in a desolate place. It comes from trees that have experienced pressure or trauma. It's found on a tree that has been wounded and bruised. It comes from trees that have gone through difficult seasons and they've gone through hardships which caused a substance to secrete from the inner trunk of the tree. And that substance pushes through the dark, through the bark, to that outer portion of the tree, the outer layer, until it can be seen on, the, seen on the outside of the tree. And here's the spiritual application. If we want to be anointed by God, and we desire the gifts of the Spirit to flow in our lives, as God would desire them to flow through us, 
The first thing we must allow God to do is we must allow God in our life to take us to a private, desolate place where our desire for God is more than anything else and where every carnal thing and every carnal nature is pushed out. The fleshly nature, a place where it can die in the desert, a place where we must desire God more than anything else. And we would desire that God would come alive in our lives. I know you may be feeling broken tonight. Some people may come in this house tonight or online watching and you're feeling broken. I know that some have gone through some things and you're, you're going through even maybe right now some spiritual attacks of the enemy. But greater is he. We know that. You may be going through those things. You're going through them. And maybe even right now you're feeling broken in your spirit. I know that some people have gone through some trials and some tribulations. I know that there's been many of us that have felt some persecution come by the enemy of our soul. Everything, though, I may I remind you tonight, happens for a purpose in our lives. Everything that transpires happens for a purpose. We know the word of God says in Romans 8 and 28. I don't know if I gave you the scripture or not. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. There's a purpose for it all. And somebody tonight needs to realize that you are right where God wants you. I said you're right where God wants you. Psalms 51 and 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. God, you will not despise. And I just got to believe in the Holy Ghost that God is using your brokenness to create something great in your life. God is taking those broken places and those broken things that you are, those dreams that you think are broken that are not broken. Come on. God is taking those things to create something great in your life. The apothecary from heaven is working in your life even when you cannot see it. He's trying to bring the pain of your wound to the surface. And there is a purpose. It's for his victory. There is a purpose. It's for his kingdom. It's for his victory. And you may not understand the whys. You don't understand why this is happening and that has happened in life. But there is a purpose. You know God may not have caused all of it to happen, but he allowed it to happen. And there is a purpose for it to happen. We can't, we can't see the end from the beginning. We're not God. And God only reveals to us that which we can take. Because if he put the whole load upon us, it would overwhelm us. And he knows that. He's a good God and he cares about us. And we've got to understand that there is a purpose for the whys of life. God desires that you would have a greater anointing of his spirit in your life. There's a purpose. God had a purpose for sharing with us the ingredients of the anointing oil in scripture. The ingredients were put there for us to learn something from them. The anointing oil, we read it, was a very sacred thing, a very holy thing. And God said, you don't make it or use it any other way than I say. Don't make it or use it for any other reason than the purpose that I've made it for. That's what God said. When we were in Bangladesh in 2020, Brother Corbin was teaching and he shared with us that uh, in that devotional that he was in India at the place where it's believed that Thomas came and delivered the gospel to the nation of India. 
uh, he was standing there and those ingredients were available. And so he decided that, hey, it would be a cool thing to, to purchase those ingredients, ingredients. So he bought all the ingredients for that anointing oil. And he was about to make this holy anointing oil, he said, as scripture describes it. And God told him, this is the words he used, this, do not touch it, boy. It's not something to be taken lightly. You know, God means what he says. And God said, you don't make it or use it for anything other than what it was purposed for. We must have the anointing of God upon our lives. Without the anointing of God, it's impossible for the gifts of the Spirit to, to be active in our lives. And I know in the Holy Ghost that somebody has been asking God for more of his anointing. And I believe that God wants to give you more tonight. I believe that God is here right now telling somebody tonight that he wants to give you more. But you, 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 you got to go through the process. If you'll walk with me in the desert, God's saying, if you'll let me change you, God's saying, if you let me break you and make you, I will cause something inside of you to develop that will make you the honor that will bring honor to the giftings that I've placed in your life. God wants to make you a vessel of honor. Yes, he does. You know, gifted people who are dishonorable are not a blessing to the kingdom of God. I'll say it again. Gifting or gifted people who are dishonorable are not a blessing to the kingdom of God because they think they can do it on their own. God is looking for vessels of honor that he can use in this end time hour. 2 Timothy 2 and 20 says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. And if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. I don't know about you, but I want to be a vessel of honor that's ready to be used by the master, prepared for the good work of the master. Amen? So we see in Scripture that the first component, component of the anointing oil was myrrh. And I know there's some in this house tonight that you've gone through desert places already. You've experienced that brokenness. Thoughts running through your head like, God, I don't understand why I am where I am right now. Why am I going through this? But I believe in the Holy Ghost that I've come to remind somebody tonight uh, that if you will trust God in the desert place, uh, he will turn your desert place into a harvest field. You hear what I'm saying? God's going to take that desert place uh, and turn it into a harvest field. Remember Isaiah 41? I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the shaita tree, and the myrtle and the oil tree. And I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine tree and the box tree together that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this and the Holy One of Israel hath created this. I'm here to tell somebody that you may feel like you're going to the desert place, but that desert place has a purpose. God is fixing to turn that desert place into a harvest field. Yeah. 
Your personal desert wasn't meant to be a place where your will dies. It was meant to be a place, excuse me, where your will dies. I'm glad you're with me tonight. That personal desert place was meant to be a place where your will dies, where your wants go to die. That's what it was meant to be. And it was meant to be a place where Jesus comes alive to you. And when Jesus is alive, oh, come on, somebody. When he becomes alive in us, that's where miracles happen. That's where the outpouring of the Holy Ghost happens. That's where revival begins to take place. When Jesus becomes alive in us, that's the purpose of your desert place. When Jesus was alive in us, that's when it all takes place. We can read in Scripture and see where Jesus was our ultimate example. Isaiah 53 Many of us could quote some of these scriptures. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, and a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, even right now. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded right now. Come on, somebody. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Jesus' wounds provided great healing. And so will your wounds. Yours will too with the ingredients that God is trying to put into your life if you'll accept the ingredients that God is trying to put in you. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 16 and 24, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus never promised us the road was going to be easy. He didn't say it was going to be a life of roses. Well, who wants to live in the roses anyway because all the thorns are there too. He didn't promise us it was going to be easy. But he said, take up your cross. This oil that God wants to have in your life, it's not cheap oil. You've got to pay for it. Take up your cross and follow him. It's going to be a sacrifice. Amen. Well, I get better get moving. The second anointing ingredient was cinnamon. And this type of cinnamon is very precious. It's not the type of cinnamon that we are accustomed to. This cinnamon comes from a cinnamon tree 
that is found in Sri Lanka and other places. It's made by the outer bark being peeled away until you get to the inside of the tree. And the strips of the inner part of the tree are carved out of the tree itself. And that's what this cinnamon that we read about is made of in our text. And through this process of making cinnamon, I believe that God is saying, if you want the anointing, you need to let me make you and break you and let me pull back the layers and bring you to a place of purity in me. That's what God's saying. It's a place where we take the spirit of David that the psalmist had in Psalms 139 when he said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, search me. That Hebrew word for search in that scripture is chakar, which means to penetrate, to examine intimately, to find out, to seek out, and to try in the sense of testing. And when you thoroughly study that scripture out, you find that David was asking God to try and to test and to examine him to see if there was any idolatrous way, any idolatrous manner in his life or way of life in him like that. That's what David was asking for. We have to have the anointing of God, but it must be pure. And as I was preparing for this message, I was reminded of a poem that I've used before. And it goes like this. I was an onion before Christ set me free. Layers upon layers of iniquity. An ugly old onion whose fragrance was strong that my Jesus bought and loved all along. Unknown to me what he, was plan- what he was going to do, of what he was planning, I had no clue. Pulling each layer off one by one in order to make me more like Jesus, the son. The first layer, it wasn't so bad. I saw the sins that I, I knew I had. They were easy to fix. Just change the way I talk and learn more of how he wanted me to walk. Reading his word and learning again how to put aside my life of sin. But the next layer was pulled. That was pulled. It hurt much more. He was getting closer to the core. Unknown what he would find there, I simply gave it to him in prayer. And another layer was removed. Started, he started to cry. Pulling this layer brought pain to my father on high. And I was crying over the sadness I felt, the brokenness and all the guilt, past memories that I thought were gone, but they were buried under layers disguised in a fragrance so strong. As onions peel more and more, as they put tears in our eyes as we cl- get close to the core, so my father wept over my pain giving me balm of comfort and strength to sustain. No more layers, I would scream as he continued to peel them off of me. I have nothing left, my Lord. What will I do? I'd be nothing, but I'm worthless 
but a worthless core to you. But he just said, trust me. And he continued to peel. I was sure he was blinded to my pain that was so real. Year after year, I shrunk more and more until all that was left of this, of this onion was a core. It was then that I began to understand as the Lord embraced me with his loving hand. He said, now and only now can you be the creation that will minister before me. Clothed with the righteousness only from above. Gone are your layers of self so you can be filled with my love. He took my layers of sin, hurt, and pain and clothed me with love, truth, and mercy in his name. Yes, we are all onions learning with each day how to overcome as each layer is taken away. Some layers tear and pull at our heart while others grieve us to our innermost part. But we are nothing but an ugly onion without Christ. Layers upon layers of pride, sin, and strife. Only God can take those layers away and clothe us with his righteousness in that final day. And that's so true. God is peeling back the layers in this process. For the pure anointing that God wants us to have, we've got to put aside our own agendas. We've got to put aside our own plans, even our own personal dreams. And we must allow the Holy Ghost to get to the inner core of not who we are, but who he is inside of us. It never was about who we are, but it's about who he is inside of us. It's not about you. It's not about me. If we want the pure anointing of God, he must be the center of our lives. Does the word of God not say in Ecclesiastes chapter 10? Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. One dead fly can ruin even the most fragrant of perfumes. Just one dead fly. Peel back the layers, Jesus. Peel back those layers, Jesus. Get rid of those things that are not of you. So the pure anointing of God can flow through me. Come on, somebody's make that your prayer right now. God, peel back the layers in my life. Get to the core. Take all that junk out, God, so that people will see you through me and they'll just see Jesus at the heart of it all. The third ingredient in this anointing oil is calamus. This is Bible study night. I hope you're all right. Calamus is a reed found in a marshy place. And calamus is indigenous to India, Arabia, can now be found all over the world, actually, including Canada and the United States. If you do a little research, you'll find that out. But to reap calamus, you have to push through the mud, the muck, and the mire. To harvest calamus, you may find yourself pushing through waist-deep mud. Sometimes we got to push ourselves through some things to get what God wants us to have in our lives. Remember the story of Nehemiah trying to rebuild the walls, Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the three enemies that were coming against him and coming against the Jews. They made several attempts to stop Nehemiah from rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. 
And Sam, Ballot, and Tobiah, they're first mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 10. They were upset about Nehemiah's work. It says, when Sam, Ballot, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, heard of him, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that they, there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. And in verse 19, they, along with Geshem the Arab, mocked Nehemiah, saying, What is this you're doing? I'm paraphrasing. I know. It's up there. You can read it. Are you rebelling against the king? And when the construction was taking place, their anger grew. We see in Scripture, it says, When Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed and he ridiculed the Jews. Samballot, Tobiah, and Geshem used various tactics in their attempt to disrupt the, the work of the Jews. And we read that. They tried to intimidate Nehemiah and the Jews with false reports. They tried to deceive him with false prophets. They tried to influence power by going to powerful people and trying to get them to turn against Nehemiah. The efforts of Sam, Ballot, and Tobiah, and Geshem were futile for simple reasons. They were fighting God's plan. Let me tell you something. The enemy's efforts to come against you, they're futile. Because they're, he is fighting against God's plan. In God's timing, the wall was built. And Nehemiah's response to his enemies is something we should take notice of ourselves. Rather than, rather than Nehemiah being fearful and being worried or trying to seek revenge, no, Nehemiah didn't do any of those things. Nehemiah, Nehemiah took the problem to the Lord. And in Nehemiah 6 and 14, he says this, My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Samballot according to these their works, and on the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put fear in me. Or put me in fear. But here's the rest of the story. No, I'm not Paul Harvey. In Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15, starting there. So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month, a little in 50 and 2 days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and the heathen that were about saw these things. They were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Don't worry about the enemy. In the end, all of Nehemiah's enemies had to acknowledge that it was a God thing, that God was in it. And just like the prophet Nehemiah had Samballot and Tobiah and Geshem, we all have distractions. We all have things that are trying to keep us from our God-given mission. But we don't need to worry about the Sam Ballots and Tobias. We don't need to worry about what the Gershoms are saying. Galatians 5 and 15 says this, But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Well... Don't get caught up in all the distractions. It's going to catch you up. Don't worry about what's going on. 
You start rattling your tongue about something before you know it, uh, it's going to come back and bite you. That's what the scripture says. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Even of the enemy. You begin to talk about what the enemy's doing, how, God, how the enemy's doing this and the enemy's doing that. Before you know it, it comes back and all you're doing is being consumed with the enemy. Don't get caught up in the drama. God has a great plan uh, and you will see it fulfilled uh, just ahead of you uh, if you'll take Paul's advice. Don't get caught up in it. God's got a great plan. Don't even share with them. Don't share even with the enemy. What God has put in your spirit. Well, don't even share with the enemy how God's going, has said he's going to use you. Because there will always be sand ballots and Tobias telling you the wall's going to fall, telling it's not going to happen, telling you your promise will not come to pass. But if there is calamus in your life, it's because you push through all of that. If you have that ingredient oil in your life, uh, amen, it's because you push through all that mess. And if you'll say, God, I resist the temptation to give up uh, on the anointing, uh, even in those tough times uh, and those tough seasons, uh, even where it seems to be a struggle, even when it seems like you're pushing. And if you'll keep tapping into the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, God is going to release uh, calamus into your life. God is going to release and is releasing uh, more ingredients uh, of his anointing into your life uh, that will take you to the next level that God intended for you to go to. Right now, the enemy would try to make you fearful over something. But you don't need to be fearful or be afraid. Look through the eyes of faith. Lift up your eyes. Come on, get your head out of the mud. Lift up your eyes. The light at the end of the tunnel is not the train getting ready to take you out. It's not. It's the glory of God that you're seeing. From your desert place. From the muck and the mire that you're going through. That light that you're looking at, it's the glory of God that's about to be revealed. In your family, in your life. Don't look at it like, oh, another level, another devil. But how about looking at it like this? Another level, another victory. Look through the eyes of faith. Another level, another victory. The devil would love for you to put your attention upon him. But if you're going to fulfill the purpose of God, you've got to ignore that old enemy. He's not powerful. He's just a roaring lion. He's just roaring. You got nothing else to do but roar because that's all he can do. Don't give him the time of day. Ignore him and push through into the power of the Holy Ghost, even when it seems the most difficult. Even when people don't understand and think you're crazy for being apostolic, even in tough times, be that Holy Ghost filled believer that's proud to be an apostolic and stand and say, hey, I'm going to press in even in the tough moments into the Holy of Holies. Well, I won't be a ton longer. The fourth ingredient is kasha. We read that. And it looks like the first ingredient, cinnamon. It tastes like cinnamon. But it's not the same thing if you research it out. Actually, kasha 
is what is sold here in, the, in North America as cinnamon. Cassia has the flavor of cinnamon. Cinnamon comes from getting to the inner core. But kasha is made by cutting off limbs of the kasha tree, and even the whole tree is cut down. And then it's dried in the sun, and then it's ground to powder. Cinnamon comes from a transparency with God, but kasha does not come from just transparency. It goes even a step further than that. And I believe in the Holy Ghost that God is telling us and saying to us, if you will give me all of you, if you'll give your whole self to me, if you'll consecrate yourself to me, I'll bring you to a new level of anointing in your life. Transparency is not consecration. There's definitely a difference between transparency and consecration. Transparency with God brings cinnamon into our lives. But kasha comes with total consecration and devotion and dedication to the, to the will and the way and the purpose of God for our lives. Devotion will keep you when emotion leaves you. Your devotion will keep you when the emotions of the moment are gone. And we must come to a place where we say, God, I hold nothing in reserve. God, I have no plan B. God, you are my plan. Your will, your way, your promise, whatever you have for me, God, that's what I'm committed to. That's the place that I'm in in my life. A place where we jump in and trust God with no other agenda, no other plan. When we do that, we can trust that God will not ever fail us. In that place, we'll never have lack in any area of our lives. God will take care of us. Our problem is we want to stay in that comfortable spot. We want the powerful anointing of God, but we also want that place of comfortability. We want to keep one foot in that safe place. Oh, I'm safe right here. And maybe, well, testing the waters a little bit. Safe. One foot in that safe place. And then one foot begins to step out. And I believe in the Holy Ghost that God is encouraging all of us tonight. In whatever capacity this means to you. To jump in with both feet. Jump in with both feet. Don't do it from that comfortable place and from that reserve spot. Don't try to rationalize and make sense of what God is doing. Let go of every carnal way. Let go of carnality in the name of Jesus and jump into the anointing of God with both feet. You can't have the Spirit of God ruling and reigning in your life and carnality at the same time. You've got to jump in with both feet and say, God, I'm all in. You are the center of my joy. God, I am all in. Forget about your future. And let God put your future in alignment with heaven and his will. Well, God has a perfect plan. Amen. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I believe we can say this to our, for our, take it for our own selves as well. And I'm reading from the NET. For I know what I have planned for you, says the Lord. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. The enemy's been trying to come at some people and tell you that you have no hope. Uh, your future is bleak. Uh, it's going down. It's going to hell in a handbasket. And let me tell you, that's a lie from the enemy. God has a perfect future planned for you. Uh, he has an expected end for you. But it is a future filled with hope. He's got a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. That's the will of God for your life. Well, show enough. The last ingredient is olive oil. And the olive oil, its purpose is to hold everything together. Before you are gifted, and before spiritual gifts are activated in your life, we must come to a place in our spirit where there is an acknowledgement from God that says, God says, I can anoint that. I can and I will activate gifts in that person's life. Am I making sense? All of the other ingredients came from trees and they came from plants. The other ingredients were spices. But the last ingredient, it's not just a spice, but it comes from a fruit. If you've got the Spirit in you, you should have the fruit of the Spirit in you. It comes from a fruit. The olive tree is a fruit tree. An olive is a fruit. It's not a vegetable. Some of you probably thought you were eating a vegetable, but it's not a vegetable. The seed is inside of the olive. And when the olive is harvested from the tree... It is put in the press, and the stone is rolled all over it. And when the stone that the builders rejected, Jesus begins to make his mark upon your life and begins to roll over your life, it may hurt in the flesh a little bit, but as the oil of the Holy Ghost begins to ooze out of your life, you can see that God's hand is in it. And he begins to bring all the ingredients together that he's been placing in your life. It becomes holy, anointing oil that brings glory to God and him only. Anyone that desires to be used by God, we can't avoid the process. We know the price is different for everyone, but the process is about the same. There are many that have gone through things and we wonder why. Why did I go through this? God, why did this have to happen in my life? But we must realize that it's just the Lord mixing the ingredients because unless you go through the process, you'll never be as effective in the kingdom of God as God intended for you to be. We've got to go through the process. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, we read of Abraham, the father of the faithful, it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place where he should have, should have to receive for inheritance, he obeyed. It's important. And he went out not knowing whither he went. See, Abraham's obedience didn't stop after he obeyed the first time. After Abraham obeyed the voice of God and the call of God, it didn't stop there. 
We can see through Scripture that he lived a life of obedience unto God. And because of that, Abraham was blessed. After the call, we see about 40 years later after that, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 12. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram was caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars in the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Abraham's blessing was attached to his obedience. As I come to a close tonight, I want to remind somebody tonight that the miracle that you're wanting, the miracle that you're praying for, the miracle that you've been waiting for, the blessing that you need, the anointing that you are craving, it's attached to the obedience, to the voice of God. What is it that God has been speaking into your life? What is it that God has been talking to you about that you need to respond to with obedience? Well, I can tell you it's probably not a comfortable place. It's probably getting out of that safe place that you're used to and stepping out into a world that's unknown to you. But what is it that God's speaking? Maybe it's just stepping out and teaching somebody a Bible study. That might not be a very comfortable place for some of us. Everybody needs one. Maybe it's around prayer and fasting. I don't know. Maybe you like food too much. Maybe it's around studying of the Word of God. Maybe it's around obeying the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. By the way, how do we obey the gospel? According to scripture, it's very, very simple. We obey the gospel by dying out to ourselves in repentance. We obey the gospel by baptism in Jesus' name, just like Jesus was, was buried and rose again. We are buried with Christ in baptism. And we obey the gospel by being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, with that resurrection power of God, just like he had resurrection power. That's what gives us the resurrection power. And it's very simple. Brother Pat, you can put this on the wall. I know I don't have it in my notes, but it's very simple. On the day of Pentecost, Peter made it very simple. And I put this in almost every message that I preach for a reason, because it's very, very important. Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, how many does that leave out? Nobody. Every one of you 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's that simple. Repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. The washing away of your sins. The blotting out of your sins. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. How do you know you're filled with the Holy Ghost? Just like they did in the book of Acts. We read, we'll see that when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Well, I don't know what that area is, looks like, what it, what it looks like for you. Maybe it's a habit or a distraction or a sin that God's been saying, hey, take care of this. What is it that God's been nudging you about that's happening currently in your life? Whatever it is, I believe in the Holy Ghost tonight. It's time for us to respond to what God has been speaking into our ears. It's, it's time to respond to that because if we'll do it, it'll bring blessings upon our lives. It's just like it did Abraham. It's going to bring blessings when we obey God and we forget about all the things that could happen. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Just trust God. Jump in with both feet. Because when you do that, it's going to bring bountiful blessings into your life. Just like it did for Abraham. So step out of that comfortable place. Dive in to the anointing of God. I don't know what God's speaking to you right now, but I know this is what I felt for tonight. There is a deeper anointing that God has for each and every one of our lives. There is a deeper place that God is calling us to in this end time hour. And we can let all the distracting ways pull us this way and pull us that way and pull us here and there. Before we know it, we don't even know which way we're going. And God is saying, trust me. Know that in every circumstance I am working. Know that no matter the Sam Ballot and Tobias that are coming your way and saying your miracle is not going to come, come to pass, know that I am working. Know that I'm in it. Know that my anointing is upon your life. Know that the anointing destroys every yoke and more than anything else, you need to dive into my anointing. Yes, you've been filled with my spirit. Many of you have. Yes, yes, yes. But don't be comfortable, God saying. Don't be comfortable where you're at, but push into the next level. Because there is a greater anointing that God wants to put in your life. There are giftings that already lie in people's lives tonight. That have already been deposited in your spirit. Amen. That God is just waiting for us to step out of our comfortable places. places to step out of our comfort zone and say, God, I'm in. Use me. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Use my mouth as the oracle of God. Let me speak what thus saith the Lord. And God, as you guide my footsteps, uh, let me hear your voice. Uh, and Lord, as I hear your voice, uh, let me be that conduit uh, that would not hold back that what you would say. But God, I would speak it into somebody else's life. Is anybody feeling what I'm feeling right now? There's a call from the Holy Ghost uh, for us to step into another level. If you have the Holy Ghost, uh, God wants to bring you deeper tonight. Uh, and if you've never been filled with the power of God's Spirit, uh, He wants to fill you with His Spirit tonight. Uh, he wants to fill you to overflowing uh, with the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we know it's not by might, uh, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, uh, saith the Lord. Come on, we've got to tap into the Spirit of God. Well... These altars are open tonight. I will tell you, the anointing of God is flowing already. 
It's up to us to step into those waters and say, God, I want more. God, I desire more. God, I'm not, I'm not satisfied staying where I am. I don't want to be stagnant and status quo, but God, I want to move forward. I want your glory to shine. God, get to the inner core. Get to that inner place where it's not about shame, but God, where it's about you, that people would see Jesus. They would see you and you crucified. Oh, in Jesus' name. Is there anybody feeling what I'm feeling right now? Could you respond to the Holy Ghost? However you're feeling to respond, would you respond right now and say, God, take me to that level. Take me to that place. I realize there's a purpose for the pain. I realize there's a purpose for that desert place. I realize, God, there's a purpose for the carving and the cutting that's been going on in my life. I realize, God, that you are doing something. You are mixing the apothecary from heaven. It's mixing a great sweet perfume. He's mixing something, a great oil that could not be mixed by anyone else but the master apothecary. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this place right now. I feel the Spirit of God. Come on, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. They're pulling down the strongholds. I know there's spiritual warfare going on. It's okay. I felt it even tonight. It's all right. Greater is He. God's in charge. God's got this. He's got you. Just trust Him. And tap into what he's trying to get you to tap into. Let's learn what God's trying to let us learn in the processes that we're going through right now. There's a work that God wants to do in somebody's mind right now. In this place, God just showed me. There's a work that he wants to do in somebody's mind right now. You've been worrying and struggling about everything and anything, right? And right now, God wants to release you from every worry. He wants to release you from every care. In the name of Jesus, uh, be set free. Uh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Sister Amy, come play something if you would. In the name of Jesus. Come on, would you push through right now? Push through. The enemy doesn't want you to push through right now, but you can push through into a place that you've never been before. On this Wednesday night, you can push through to a place that you have never been before in the Spirit. I know it in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I know God didn't speak this to me for no reason. Uh, in the name of Jesus, he didn't impress this on my heart for no reason, uh, but he impressed it upon my heart because this night, this night, uh, you can press through. There's somebody in this place uh, or watching online that you can press through uh, to another place uh, that you've never been before in the Spirit, and God is saying, uh, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been up to. I've been creating uh, more anointing in your life. You're looking at it the wrong way, but realize I am working through it all, and I've got it. I promise you, if you take a moment, and you'll look back through all the moments of things that happened in your life. You'll see that God's hand was there somehow in it all. I promise you that God's hand was there through it all. God is going to use every broken moment for his glory. Every broken moment God's going to use for his glory.